and welcome to the Social Disease Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Jasper. And today we have a little special edition podcast episode for season nine, where we talk about Degrassi Takes Manhattan. Yes, also, it's like kind of a finale. It's a season nine finale, of course. It's also the soft finale for the next generation. And after this, we're like jumping to season 13. So it's kind of a finale in that sense, too. Yeah, and for those who I'm sure everybody's seen Degrassi takes Manhattan, but it's kind of similar to like Degrassi Goes Hollywood, where they do like a few episodes, focuses on a few people. And this one is just, I don't know, what do you like better? This one or Degrassi Goes Hollywood? Hollywood, obviously. Okay, yeah, me too. Well, I don't know. You love Fiona, so maybe I was like, hmm, even though this isn't her best episode. <laughs> this, is, this is Fiona's literal worst episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair. Yeah, honestly, for me, Degrassi takes Manhattan. Eh, doesn't really do much, but it does have like a shit ton of drama for like no reason. Like right. all the drama that in an entire season in four episodes. It's crazy. It's way too chaotic. <laughs> There's so much going on, but it's so good. Debatable whether it's good. <laughs> well, we can really? get into it. It's it's very controversial to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Degrassi does some experimenting with certain plots and people cheating on people and oh it's just crazy yeah so let's get into it so in our last episode we talked about Holly J Declan and Jane in the earlier parts of season nine where Jane cheated on Spinner with Declan and then Holly J and Declan got together after that and so we're going to first talk about just the Holly J, Declan, Fiona debacle in this because it's pretty separate from the other two plots with Jane, Spinner, and Emma. So we're going to like kind of skip past the first part of the movie, I guess, because their storyline doesn't really start until they all end up in New York. And so Holly J and Declan bring Jane with them to New York as Jane and Spinner broke up when Spinner found out that Jane cheated on him. And remember, Holly J has her fancy MTV internship that is the whole reason why she is in New York. And so they do a whole tour of the city. There's a cute little montage of Times Square and such, and Central Park, blah, blah, blah. But Fiona, Declan's twin sister, soon starts getting jealous that she is being left out of Holly J and Declan's plans since Holly J and Declan kind of envisioned this as kind of a summer of love for them. But Fiona is feeling very left out because she is used to being the center of attention in New York. Fiona like weasels her way into working at the same internship at MTV with Holly J because she is rich and a socialite. So she's just able to waltz in and start working. (laughs) And Fiona then starts kind of sabotaging Holly J and Declan's dates together. Like, for example, Fiona kind of convinces the bitchy MTV lady to, like, give Holly J lots of work one day so that Fiona could instead go to, I think it was the opera with Declan instead of Holly J. So Holly J clearly realizes that Fiona is trying to ice her out, and she tries to, like, tell Declan what's going on, but Declan is like, oh, just, like, just, like, deal with it, (laughs) I guess. But... It eventually gets to the point where Fiona starts being such a bitch and like directly tells Holly J that she wants Holly J gone and 
there's the iconic line, girlfriends are temporary, but brothers are forever. <laughs> and so this sends Holly J into season seven Holly J mode and she locks Fiona in, into, not, it wasn't a closet, it was a copy room. Um, <laughs> this is all happening when like Jane is like in her stupid band thing and like Holly J ends up giving an interview or whatever. And then Fiona goes running to Declan saying that like Holly J locked me up. She is being so mean to me. And then Declan is just like, you guys need to start getting along. This is too much. So they kind of call a peace for a hot minute, but they throw like a party or something at their loft. And Holly J finds out that Fiona has invited all of Declan's exes to show how girlfriends truly are temporary when Fiona is around. <laughs> and Fiona also gets quite a bit drunk at this party. And so Holly J is confronting Declan about the fact that once again, Fiona is trying to ice her out and Fiona ends up kissing Declan <laughs> to, I don't even know why we'll talk about it, <laughs> but yeah, they kiss and Holly J runs away because she's like, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> and the next day, Declan and Fiona kind of have a blow up talking about how they can't be so dependent on each other, even though they've always had each other. And like what Fiona is going through has to stop, like there's something wrong with her. And so as punishment, Fiona gets sent to the Hamptons <laughs> and Declan goes running to Holly J. They have like a very classic movie moment where <laughs> Declan like calls into the MTV show and be like, Holly J, are you there? I'm so sorry. And then Holly J takes him back. And yeah, and then a whole bunch of Jane shit happens with the whole Spinner Emma wedding thing. But that's essentially it for Holly J and Declan. They end up having their summer of love after that. Perfect. Good job. Short and sweet this time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about, I guess, you want to start with like Holly J and Fiona? Yeah, like their conflict is like the main part of the storyline, so... Yeah, it's just kind of interesting how they do it. Like, it's this huge thing where you don't really see much of it in when they're in Degrassi, like, at the school. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it, like, full-on comes out for this plot. Yeah. Like, there's a little bit, like, what was it? Like, Fiona licked yep. Polly J's coffee or something. Yeah. And she was never like super friendly towards Holly J, but she wasn't like actively destroying her life or anything. But yeah. yeah, it's definitely like now that they're in New York, Fiona decides to whip out her claws. Yeah. And I don't know. I thought it was like pretty entertaining, to be honest. It was. Like, they were they were just going back and forth at each other. Like, I feel like they were a pretty good match. Like, as you said, old Holly J comes out and I feel like they meet at the same place like I really feel like they're equal and then Holly J wins in terms of their cattiness you mean yeah like I think it's just like the fact that Holly J is like quote-unquote stealing Declan away from Fiona so then Fiona literally gets hired at her job like what come on and then it's like of course she gets locked in the copy room like it's just so many things that just it's too good yeah like I love Holly J's power walk after locking Fiona in the room. <laughs> and then she says the iconic, this is New York, Holly J, bitch. It's like, yes, yes. Yes. Oh, so good. Yeah, because the opera thing, I think, pissed me off so much. And Holly J was just so classy about it. 
she was just like yep I had a lot of work like and then Fiona being like oh yeah like we got in so late last night I'm like Fiona what are you trying to do like do you want to like sleep with your brother or something and then yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah but the thing is you said that Holly J wins she does win at the very end but for most of it Fiona was winning because Declan was taking Fiona's side throughout all of this until Fiona kissed him yep yeah that's why I I feel like it was like pretty equal in the sense that like the fact that Fiona could like hold her own against Holly J and was like being successful just shows how tough this whole situation was I also just think it shows that Declan has no (laughs) self-awareness I mean I don't know how much I blame him though because it's like it is his sister yes and you you see like throughout the season how much he like does for her to like try to make her feel comfortable at Degrassi like even though she has no desire to be there and she's kind of like miserable and like nobody really wants to be her friend because she's annoying which obviously changes when they decide to change her entire character but (laughs) like you know like the only person she had was like Riley and then Riley was a total dick to her and then he like tried to give her the lead in the play and then like obviously she sucked so then he was like never mind I'm gonna take it back like he was trying so I get why he took her side but I'm so glad that he like stopped taking her side well when your sister kisses you on the lips I feel like you kind of have to yeah yep 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 so yeah like I can understand Declan like inherently kind of supporting Fiona Mm -hmm. but like the fact that he he couldn't see anything about how Fiona was sabotaging Holly J was like absurd to me yeah like the whole the fact that she's like working at the same job should have been a red flag yeah and he did not see it also what was he doing all day anybody know He's rich. He doesn't have to do anything. So, like, why couldn't him and Fiona just hang out during the day when Holly J was working? (laughs) I don't know. Solved, I guess. I just solved that whole issue. (laughs) Yeah, very true. But anyway. Yeah, I think Holly J, like, obviously she had every right to feel comfortable about all this situation. And, like, even when they're at the party and she's like, frankly, I find this, like, inappropriate. I'm like, good, because it is. And it's like a weird situation to be in because how often can you be like, I feel uncomfortable with your relationship with your sibling because you should never have to say that out loud. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, because like the thing is, I don't think Declan and Fiona were necessarily like incestuous up until the kiss. Yeah. But it was just a very unhealthy dynamic that they had. Yeah, it was just severe codependency. Yes, exactly. But it was, like, one-sided, because even he didn't really have it. Well, I think he had it a little bit, which is why he kept taking her side, because he was just so used to her presence, I guess. I guess so. I mean, when he's taking her side, that's when I can see, like, oh, yeah, like, he, that's his sister, whatever. But everything else he's doing is he really is ditching her like all the time to go hang out with Holly J. Like he could have at least thrown her like, oh yeah, like we'll make a reservation for three. Like he had no interest in hanging out with her like at all. Yeah. And I think that is kind of because of Holly J's influence on Declan's character. Like we were talking about last time. 
like before Holly J and Declan got together, Declan and Fiona were kind of attached at the hip. I mean, I guess maybe besides the Jane thing, but they always showed up together up until Holly J and Declan got together, right? I guess so. That's why I'm saying like, I feel like it's more one-sided on Fiona because Declan kind of was always doing his his own thing. Like he was directing the play. It's like he was hanging out with Jane. Like he was building relationships with other people. Like Fiona was doing literally nothing except just like hanging out with Declan and being like, why will you hang out with me? Right. And he's like, get involved, join something. Right. So I definitely agree that it's more on Fiona's side but Declan still definitely kind of had some what's the word blinders yeah I I don't it's like tough though because I feel like if I was in that situation with like my brother or sister like I would take their side first right so I like kind of get it yeah and I don't see anything wrong with that in that sense but when you see how terrible Fiona is being a Holly J oh yeah yeah well obviously like she's fucked up in the head yes she's not okay right yeah how do you feel about the incest kiss though in general (laughs) i did not realize that she never thought anything was wrong with it like she did not apologize she did not think anything of it she did not think it was weird she never like fiona never said anything about it Like, it happened, and then she was like, I feel faint, and then, like, fainted. And then, like, the next morning, she was like, oh, that's a lot about them being on, like, the front page. Like, she never was sorry. Right. So I genuinely think she did not think anything was wrong with that. I think she could probably identify that it was wrong, but it was, like, part of her plan, I guess, to, like, like, it was kind of out of desperation, so she wasn't really thinking too much about it because that's when she has that whole hissy fit with Declan and she like throws her stuff across the room. Yeah. Yeah, but she's not mad that he's mad about the kiss. She's mad that he's sending her away. Right. Like she never even acknowledges it. Right. Which is like crazy to me that they like don't, like it just shows how not well she is. Yes. And I also think it kind of shows how Degrassi really only put it in there for shock value for the most part because it never gets addressed after this either. I'm fine with that. I don't need to know any deeper psyche into like why she kissed her brother. Yeah, like you're usually the person who says I'm fine with not seeing it again and I'm usually saying oh I wish that they continue to explore it but in this case I'm glad that they didn't (laughs) explore it more. (laughs) Oh we're on the same side. I'm glad. Yeah. Like, I do think that in the movie, at least, they should have addressed it more. Because after this whole situation, Holly J and Declan are just, like, comic relief in the whole Jane wedding crashing thing. Yeah. And it's like, okay, are we not going to talk about the fact that Declan kissed his sister? (laughs) Like, I mean, his sister kissed him. Yes. But, like, Holly Holly J and Declan don't discuss that at all. They just have, like... I think at the wedding, they just are like, oh, I feel so bad for Fiona. She is fucked up, you know? And that's all they say about it. Which, like, I I get. I also think it kind of makes sense, though, because Holly J isn't someone to, like, harp on something either. 
Like, she doesn't seem like she's someone who's going to, like, keep bringing something. Like, obviously, it was an uncomfortable experience for Declan, and he, like, did not want that at all, you know? So it's, like, what more could you talk about with him about that? Like, how could we have prevented this? Like, obviously, not possible. (laughs) Well, I guess on my end, I would not have taken Declan back. (laughs) Really? You don't think? I mean, like, obviously, it's a crazy situation, but it's not his fault that she did this. How he handled it was, like, perfect I mean obviously like not in that second he was probably shocked but like the fact that he was like your stuff's all packed you're leaving you're not okay you need to go stay with somebody else like this is what you need to do and they didn't involve like Holly J in that at all like he handled the Fiona thing first and then went to find Holly J and like begged her and she could have very well not took him back but I think she understood like he didn't want to kiss his sister like, his sister obviously is not okay. Would well, I be like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward, you know, with that. But also, she's kind of, like, staying with them for the entire summer. She can't just, like, <laughs> choose not to and then leave, I guess. She could just quit her internship. But Yeah, which, like, that would suck. But, but yeah, I guess for me, it's like, if I were Holly J, I would be thinking about moving forward. It's like, I do not want to be involved with this family. Yeah. And especially because it took Fiona kissing Declan for Declan to realize that something was wrong, you know? Yeah, that's true, too. I guess you'd have to think of, like, what would be the healthiest thing, and it would probably be to not be involved in at all. But I don't know. I do give Declan props for how he handled the situation. I think that was one of, like, the best scenes he's had. I'd say it probably was the best. It's the only scene where I was, like, on his side. <laughs> Well, that and I just felt like he, like, the emotion and everything. I was like, he's, like, a good actor. Like, this was a good scene. Yes. And between both of them, both of them were very good in that scene. And I was like, I mean, if this wasn't all based around incest, I feel like this could have won something, you know? Like, yes. but <laughs> obviously yes. not. And also kind of going more into Fiona herself outside of the incest thing, like, her role in this movie is the villain, right? She is mm-hmm. the bad guy in this whole situation. So how do you kind of feel about that in the context of Fiona's overall character that we've talked about before? Because, like, last time we talked about how in the rest of season nine, Fiona doesn't really do much. So this is really Fiona's first standout moment. Mm-hmm. So for this to be, like, her first real glimpse that we get into her character is really interesting to think about moving forward when we actually grow to like her yeah I think that they took the opportunity of we don't really know this girl that much and we can like kind of make her do whatever we want and it'll be fine yeah so I mean like obviously you're like oh my god how are they gonna like go forward with this because they're both supposed to be not even like in the show next season well it's like that's what we think because they're going to New York and everything yeah I don't know. I mean, it's interesting what they do with her moving forward. Like, she just completely changes. Like, we've already talked about this. Like, this is not Fiona. Like, this is not the Fiona we know. And, like, I'm not sure if, like, her transition into season 10, into being a likable character, makes too much sense given this starting point, because come season 10, she is basically just a different person. She's like, I spent the summer in the Hamptons and I'm okay now, you know? Yeah. So it's basically just kind of a reset. They're like, oh, yeah, that didn't really happen. Other than maybe like the 
dependence on alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, I think they just took the opportunity to be like, we're going to do whatever we want, which we kind of saw, too, when we were talking about Degrassi Goes Hollywood. We were like, these are not things that these characters, like, would do normally. Like, it just kind of seems weird. Though I guess Fiona's codependence is, I'd say, the main part of her character. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess they at least keep that part. I guess what I'm kind of referring to is, like, her being catty and mean and, like, sabotaging people because that is not something that ever comes up with Fiona ever again yeah I'm trying to think is that true if she never does anything mean again I don't think so all right cool she might, she might have been a little sassy towards Holly J when Holly J stole money from her but oh my god that was ridiculous yeah that's true her and Holly J actually become BFF so right like that that's the other weird thing it's like Fiona was trying so hard to get rid of Holly J just for Fiona and Holly J to have one of the best friendships on the show. <laughs> I just think that what it comes down to is that Fiona is immature. Like that's really the vibe that I get. Like she just seems so much younger. Like the fact that her and Declan are twins like blows my mind because she just seems young. Like she seems like she like she's just a spoiled girl who does whatever she wants and then like can't handle consequences and is just the classic like rich girl. So they do keep her as like, she's like, I have money, I'm rich, like the rest of the time, but she deals with like other issues too. Yeah. Like again, her alcoholism, I think was seeded very well in the season. Yeah. Such that her alcoholism in seasons 10 forward, like really makes sense for her character. Yeah. Cause like well, the whole uh, point is like young people in this like type of environment, like drink and do drugs. Like we see that with her friend too. Yeah. And also, again, her lesbianism as well. <laughs> you wish. Listen, listen. I am on the train that Fiona was so jealous of Holly J and Declan, partially because she was into Holly J. No. <laughs> I don't see it. Sorry. She wanted Holly J gone. She didn't want her there at all. Because she saw how pretty Holly J was. All right. <laughs> You're reaching. Pull the hand back. <laughs> uh, funny. But yes. The other thing that I did want to mention is that in season 10, Fiona's first storyline is her getting abused by her boyfriend, right? Yep. So I just wanted to point out how that kind of continues the trend of like them having to abuse the mean girl character in order for us to sympathize with them. Like they did it with Paige, with Paige's sexual assault. Yep. They kind of did it with Holly J by having her get held at gunpoint. Yep. You know? So. No, and then they like actually use that too. But I think with her, it's a little bit different because she kind of is like, I'm literally the same person. So like, why does everybody think I'm different now? For Holly J? Yeah. Yeah. So at least with that one, they try to cover it. But no, I think that in this situation, absolutely. Like, they're like, great, we fucked her up. Like, how are people going to like this girl? We have to make them feel bad for her. Let's put her in a bad situation. Right. So I don't like that, even though I do think Fiona's abusive boyfriend storyline was very well done. I just yeah. think it's important to point out how this is a trend that Degrassi does that they use to redeem their mean girls, which I do not like. <laughs> I agree. I am on your side for this one. I don't, I don't like it either. Like there's gotta be a better way to do it. 
Yeah. Okay. Anything else for them? Well, this is the last time we're going to be talking about Holly J. Do you have any final thoughts on her? I feel like starting with her a little bit a while ago when we first started the podcast and then now we've come like all the way back around. She's just good. She's a good actress. She's a good character through and through. Like she's mean. She's nice. She does it all. She hooks up with Sav. Like it's just so good. Everything is about her. Yes. Like Charlotte Arnold did so good for Holly J. Like I don't think she would be as iconic of a character if not for Charlotte. Absolutely. Um, I can't even imagine someone else being her. Yeah, exactly. She's on the same page or like even, I don't know if she's even higher than Paige, literally. <laughs> like her and Paige to me are just equally iconic characters. Yes, absolutely. We, we have talked about how Holly J's kind of development is a little shoddy at times, but she yeah, still yeah. is so fun to watch. Yes, so fun to watch. Still wish she apologized to Anya, but whatever. Yeah, true. Can't win them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Move on to Jane. Okay. Okay. So Jane, beginning of Degrassi Takes Manhattan, it is graduation. And for some reason, she is just getting into college <laughs> at graduation. That's not how it works, but whatever. But she gets into Stanford in California. And this freaks Spinner out because they had originally planned for Jane to stay local. And so Spinner is like kind of upset with her that she is planning to move across the world, basically, and that that's going to hurt their relationship. But he eventually gets over it with the help from Jay, of all people. <laughs> and Jane ends up graduating. But at Declan's end of year pool party, Spinner, of course, overhears Holly J and Jane talking about Jane and Declan's affair from earlier in the season. So Spinner has a whole blow up, punches Declan in the face, and <laughs> him and Jane are done. And in Jane's misery, Holly J invites her to come to New York with them. Again, they like do a tour of the city as kind of a trio, but Jane feels bad that she is third wheeling, so she decides to explore the city by herself. And she runs into this really old guy <laughs> in Central Park who invites her to audition for his band because they need a singer. And so she goes and auditions for the band. She kills it. She, she gets the gig. And it just so happens that this random-ass band has a TV appearance on MTV <laughs> where Holly J works. And so there's a whole little thing where Holly J interviews Jane. And then the band guy, like, after their whole gig and stuff, I think they're at Declan's party, and he tries to convince Jane to, like, join the band permanently, like, that this is just the start for their band. They're going to start going places. And Jane is like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe that could be a good idea. Like, I had a plan, but, like, maybe this could work. And she kisses him. But the very next day, <laughs> she finds out that Van Guy has gotten back with his ex, who was the original singer for the band. And so Jane, of course, gets kicked out of the band and she realizes that she has been spending her whole time in New York rebounding and avoiding all of her feelings about cheating on Spinner. She calls up Spinner to find out how he's doing and she finds out that he is getting married to Emma or I guess that he already is married to Emma at this point. 
<laughs> and after having the wedding the next day. And so Jane is like, oh shit, <laughs> I need to go stop this wedding. So she enlists Holly J and Declan to take a road trip back to Toronto to stop the wedding. But Holly J and Declan try and stall Jane because they realize that it is a terrible idea to try and stop this wedding. And after stalling for a while, Jane is like, oh shit, they're stalling. And so she steals Declan's car and drives to Toronto by herself, leaving Holly J and Declan stranded in somewhere in upstate New York. <laughs> and so she shows up at the wedding. She goes and finds Spinner, has a little tiff with Manny, <laughs> but Spinner and Jane kind of make up. Jane realizes that she was not going to be able to stop Spinner. She realizes that he is happy. And so they say goodbye. And at the very end of the movie, Jane talks about how excited she is to start this next chapter of her life. And then we never see her again. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Honestly, I feel like I was more invested in Jane and Spinner and all that shit. But then it just like let me down. I was like not super impressed with the band stuff. Like it just didn't really make any sense to me, I guess, only because it just wasn't realistic. Like she's so young. Like what is happening? Like why is this grown ass 30 year old man like hooking up with a 17 year old? Like knock it off. But okay, before we get into that, <laughs> do you want to talk about like Spinner and Jane together? Yes, like we talked about this last time, but like their breakup makes sense. Like last time we talked about how Jane's cheating made sense, but now it's just like them breaking up at this point makes sense just because Spinner was never going to really reconcile Jane being far away. Yeah. Like the fact that it took Jay of all people to convince Spinner that like they can make it work, like that just kind of shows... <laughs> that. Yeah, and I also was like pretty disappointed in Spinner in general because getting into Stanford is hard. <laughs> right. And not just anybody can do it. You probably need to be a valedictorian at some point in your life. And I just was sad that he was not happy for her. Like the fact that she got in and she felt like she couldn't tell him. And then when she did tell him, he left he just ran away like dude you're a grown man what is your issue and like I get that he loved her but you're keeping her from doing something so amazing and for what it's because you're selfish and it just like I I know we talked about how they're like they never addressed the cheating like up until this point and I think that it was good they saved it. They needed to pull that card to break them up because you knew that they were like never going to break up unless like Spinner found out because Spinner, even though he didn't want her to go away, like was willing to try the distance. And like, obviously it wasn't going to work anyway, but I think they needed to pull the Trump card and they did. And they broke up and then Spinner's life just was trash for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if the cheating thing never came out, I kind of envision jane and spinner breaking up kind of similar to how drew and bianca do and yeah. that bianca comes back from college and breaks up with drew i think that would be what would have happened with jane and spinner that jane would have realized that she really enjoys college and not that spinner is holding her back 
but like that they just don't work out anymore now that she is getting all these new experiences yes and I think it would have been different if Spinner like was supportive from the start but he wasn't he wasn't happy for her and it's like how can you how can you be with someone who's not genuinely happy when you accomplish something like that's not healthy like he almost didn't come to her graduation where she was giving a speech right like what a big baby yeah so so pretty much like with that they would have broken up anyway right so but the fact that he found out that she cheated on him and like that's not the best way to end a relationship but I think that it it did need to happen yes for sure and we'll talk more about Spinner soon (laughs) but on Jane's end like you said like the whole band thing and like just her getting famous for a hot second didn't do much for me I was just like okay the song that's that's how I felt too I was like why are we like I don't feel bad for her right and I think did they want us to I guess probably right right like they wanted us to root for Jane in this whole situation you know like they were like oh yes she's moving on but like she's the bad guy in this situation (laughs) she cheated on Spinner I don't know why I'm supposed to like like when she says sometimes good things can come from breakups it's like but you're the one who caused this situation (laughs) exactly I did not understand and that was before she even like knew anything about Emma either so it's kind of like you're just being kind of bitchy yeah like I don't dislike Jane but like she didn't really get any consequences for cheating on him nope and then she also was like mad or just didn't really understand like why he wouldn't take her back or like be okay with what happened like I feel like she was just like like why can't he just I know she didn't say any of these things but I feel like when she said like oh some good things come from a breakup it was like she was more like well I don't know why he didn't want to take me back but whatever I guess right (laughs) like she didn't even try to get him back yeah and that's the thing too I mean like I'm glad that she didn't try though because it's kind of like what would she have even said but okay so then she joins this band which just happens to be blowing up at the exact time where she joins he's so old why are we acting like this is okay yeah I looked up the actor's age he was 35 when he filmed this I was like this is so uncomfortable yeah so weird I did not like it at all I was like why are we pretending like this is fine also the songs eh. I thought they were fun I like them I don't know I feel like how can you follow like house arrest (laughs) I love that one (laughs) I just I I don't know I like maybe love I think that's a really fun song yeah it was just so hard for me to be like yeah go Jane like she cheated right on a man that she was getting a literal tattoo with right so I didn't really care much for this because nothing comes from it either. Like Jane just gets kicked out right after. Like probably because the ex-girlfriend saw them on TV and was like, oh, I need to get back in this because I'm going to be rich and famous, (laughs) you know? Exactly. I don't know. It was just, they just needed to do something with her and like, fine, this killed some time. 
great. She had a weird hookup with a 35-year-old man. Awesome. Gets kicked out of the band. I do feel bad, though, that Spinner was getting married. Yes. The next time she talks to him. Like, Jane says how this whole, like, band thing was kind of her rebounding, essentially, which I think that kind of makes sense. She was just kind of grieving, I guess, the relationship and was just kind of pushing her feelings away. Mm-hmm. And so when she finds out that Spinner is getting married, that kind of forces all of those feelings to come back because she's been ignoring them for so long. So her kind of going crazy about the wedding, for one thing, I thought it was so funny, but... <laughs> I uh, loved when she stole that car. Yeah. And also when Holly Jane and Declan were stalling and they skipped over to the strawberry stand, I was like, yes. When they did that, and then when they were, like, playing base or doing baseball or whatever, I was like, they so would never do this. Yeah, I just thought it was so funny. But, yes, like, her going crazy kind of made sense. Again, it's like, she didn't really care that she had cheated before Spinner found out about it. Yeah. So, it was kind of weird in that sense, but... I don't know. Some of it made sense. Some of it didn't for me. I think you have to think of it in the way of when she cheated, first of all, it was like months ago, right? Like, I think we did the math. It was like four or five months from like when he finds out. By that point, she did the two week cheating. She realized she like loves Spinner and wants to be with him. So even though he's like these four months have been a lie for her, she was like genuinely in love with Spinner. Like there's nobody else. She really did love him. Like, even though we think that they probably would have broken up if they did the distance, I think she genuinely was like, this can work out. Like, yeah, I love you. She pretty much moved in with him, like all that stuff. And the fact that it's been like maybe one month, not even. And this man who she was like so in love with is now getting married to somebody else. Even if you cheated, like that's rough. Yes. It's almost like it's almost equal in a sense. I can't even imagine getting out of like a super serious relationship. And then a month later, the guy's like, by the way, I'm marrying someone who I have not spoken to in seven years. <laughs> I'd be like, what is happening? Are you okay? Ultimate rebound, in my opinion. Yeah, like that's the other thing. Like Jane went chasing after Spinner because she thought he was rebounding the same way that she did. Yes. So there's also the fact that it hasn't been that long so I'm sure she still has feelings for him oh yeah because it's like crazy that he didn't yeah in my opinion like where did they go were they gone that fast it was it was just a very strange thing but yeah like Jane definitely still had feelings for him when they say that, like, that last kiss was, like, oh, it was a goodbye kiss. That that was not a goodbye kiss. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it wasn't on the mouth, right? Like, it was just, oh. like, on the cheek. It was on the cheek, but it lasted for, like, 10 seconds. That's not yeah. a goodbye kiss. It was a little strange, which is why I'm, like, I don't love that he still decided to get married to Emma, which I know we'll get there, but I wish we just put Spinner and Jane together. There's just so much we need to <laughs> analyze here. Yes. Like, I do like how they both got closure, because especially on Spinner's end, like, his life fell apart, and he didn't really get the closure. And I do like how 
Jane ultimately realized that what she wanted was Spinner's forgiveness for cheating on him. I did like that aspect, that that was really the crux of like what she really wanted this whole time. Like she was in the band and doing all that shit in New York because she was hiding her feelings from herself. But at the end of the day, she just wanted her forgiveness for her bad actions. Do you think, here I have a question for you. Do you think that it was selfish of her to drive all the way to the wedding? Yes. Okay, cool, me too. Just want to make sure. Yes. Like, I mean, she was trying to stop a wedding, you know, because she thinks that Emma isn't right for Spinner, you know, that's very selfish. Absolutely. It just is so crazy. I mean, I, I do get it from her point of view. Like, I would also be very very upset you know like that's just crazy and I'm sure there was probably part of her where she thought maybe they would get back together yeah you know like this was just a blip this is a bump in the road but it was not right I think I saw either like on Twitter or someone said that Spinner's actor said that although Spinner and Emma like are married he still texts like Jane every once in a while and I'm like ew it's so true that totally happens (laughs) Uh, but I don't think they would ever get back together. No, they had too many issues. Like, they were both just never in the same place at the same time, even if they wanted to be. What do you mean? Like, there was always, like, Spinner always wanted more from Jane, and she could, like, never give it, because, you know, he, like, really wanted her to move in, and then she was like, that's asking a lot, and he was like, I really want you to stay with me, and then she's like, well, I want to go to college. Like, I feel like just when they were, like, okay there's another problem and a lot of it has to do with Jane's side he was like always trying and she just couldn't meet him where he needed her to be well and that's also because Jane is too ambitious for somebody like Spinner well that's that's what's interesting too because she is but as we know Emma is too Emma is so ambitious which I know we're going to talk about in a minute, but it's just very interesting that like Jane's ambitious and Emma, I feel like they're both in the same kind of way where they're like, they push for what they want and what they believe in. But Jane still has this whole future ahead of her. It's just the age difference for me. I think it just wasn't working out. Between Spinner and Jane? Yeah, I think she was just too young and he wanted something so serious and it just like was not going to happen. I could see that too. But I I do think that's a good point regarding Jane's ambition versus Emma's ambition, because Jane kind of talks about how she kind of wants to explore the world and like see tons of things. But Emma, again, we'll get to her, but like her ambition, I feel is more local. (laughs) I don't know, like her environmentalism, right? That doesn't necessarily require you to go around the world. No, but the bike tour does though. That was just around Canada. I guess. Well, let's finish up Jane and then let's go into Spinner and Emma after. Yes. Okay. Anything else for Jane? Let's just wrap up Jane's whole character arc. Okay. She didn't have too much. or I mean, like, she wasn't around long enough. I wish she was around more. I think that they should have introduced her earlier, but they didn't, which was kind of disappointing. Yeah, like, Jane is probably, I was thinking about, like, how she's probably the only main 
girl, like the the main female character of her class, who doesn't mm-hmm. really have like a clear cut arc necessarily. Like Paige, kind of had the whole going from a mean girl becoming a nicer person, being a good friend. Like Holly J, similarly, Maya going through her whole depression arc, things like that. Whereas mm-hmm. Jane, it seems like they just kind of threw a ton of different things at her. And I think part of that is because Jane wasn't intended to be the main girl. Like that was supposed to be Darcy. It was supposed to be Mia. Mm-hmm. Then both of them left. So Jane kind of got left with the main girl role. So that's part of it. But yeah, they just kind of made Jane kind of like a jack of all trades. Like she starts off as like this emo goth girl. And then suddenly she's like tomboy playing football and super feminist and now she's like a rocker chick in a band and she's kind of famous so it's like she just has a ton of wildly different things going on so it's kind of inconsistent in that way but at the same time it also kind of worked for me it's funny that you say that because I remember we had a pretty like solid discussion on how Jane's character I think it was from was it season eight to season nine or season seven to season eight, where they go from like one season to another, you're like, it feels like a completely different character to me. And I think it's just because they never continued an arc. I think they just kept giving her different things. But to me, she was never less likable. Like I genuinely enjoyed watching every single thing that she did. Me too. Like she she was always very fun. And like her personality at least was kind of consistent. If not like, the things that she's involved in <laughs> yeah 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 she's just cool she's just a cool girl yes and honestly even though she does do all these different things I do believe that she is talented enough to do all those things <laughs> so oh my god yeah she can sing she can sing so well I'm surprised that they like didn't have her doing any of that earlier yeah she only started in this season which is crazy because she's so good yeah house arrest (laughs) so great also the one that they sang when school gets let out yes that one's fun too oh just so fun yes so jane even though she's not the most consistent she's still a very fun character and i really enjoy her even though she cheated (laughs) yep yep absolutely okay want to go on to our main event Spinner and Emma. So for Spinner and Emma, we actually need to go back in time a little a little bit to Emma's bike episode <laughs> earlier in the season. Ugh. So Emma comes back to Degrassi. She's doing like this fancy bike tour thing that is like, what what are they doing? They're trying to get like used bikes to send to underprivileged communities in Africa or something so that yeah. they can more easily transport food and stuff and water and she's doing this with her boyfriend Kelly and when she comes back she is kind of hinting that she has a secret that she has that she doesn't want her parents to find out about and she also keeps avoiding talking about college and Smithdale and everything various things happen her and Kelly end up having a falling out because Emma is essentially trying to control his life and his life decisions like he's not getting paid for this biking thing and it also seems like he dropped out of school, which I don't think that happened in season eight, but apparently the weed kicked him out of school. I don't know. <laughs> but he says he needs a job and the bike 
Tor is not giving him a job and he also does not like being vegan. <laughs> so Kelly and Emma have a bad breakup. And Emma is like kind of distraught. She doesn't know if she's going to be able to do this whole bike tour by herself. And Spinner, of all people, comforts her at the dot. And he tells her that he's happy despite all of his friends having moved on with their lives with college and such. And so this kind of helps her to resolve to finish the bike tour by herself. And she goes off to do this bike tour. And so she eventually comes back. And she applies for a position at the dot. <laughs> and it is the day of Declan's pool party and Spinner goes to spend time with Jane. So he leaves Emma in charge and tells her not to use the panini press. But Jay and Manny want some paninis. So they tell Emma to make some and the dot explodes. <laughs> at the same time, again, Spinner and Jane just broke up because he found out that Jane had cheated on him. So Spinner is not having a good time. <laughs> and Emma tries a little bit to cheer him up, but it doesn't work too much. Like they have this cute little game of basketball that they play where Emma tries to cheer him up, but it only slightly works. But Emma, Jay, and Manny make a plan to kidnap Spinner and take him to Niagara Falls for a fun weekend to kind of lighten his spirits up. At Niagara Falls, Emma ends up being really good at gambling and they make, I think it was $2,500. <laughs> and Spinner and Emma are doing the flirty flirt and they end up kissing whilst getting drunk. And so the next morning they wake up and find out that they had sex and they got married <laughs> at a Niagara Falls Vegas style chapel. <laughs> and so they're like, oh shit, we're married. We need to reverse this. But they find out that there are no refunds on the Niagara Falls wedding. And when Jay offers to call, I think it was his uncle, who is a divorce lawyer or something, they are like, hmm, maybe we should actually see where this goes. Like, we both currently like each other, so maybe we can try being married. They try to make it work for a little bit, but Emma finds a box of Jane's stuff at Spinner's place. And so she realizes that Spinner is rebounding, and says, I'm going to call the divorce lawyer. But Spinner convinces her that she isn't a rebound because he threw out the box. <laughs> and so they cancel the appointment with the divorce lawyer and they decide to have a beach wedding the next day. It is at this point that Spinner and Jane have their conversation and Jane finds out that they are getting married and Jane goes on her road trip to stop it. In the meantime, Manny tells Emma to be sure that Spinner is like all in and such. And so there's like this really weird scene of miscommunication between them where like Emma's like, oh, this is really fast, right? And Spinner's like, yeah, it is. And then they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't get married. But then when, what is it? The owner of the dot says that good things can come from accidents. And this apparently convinces Spinner that he really wants to get married to Emma. So he barges into Emma's house with Snake and Spike and Manny there as well and makes a public declaration of love towards Emma and that he really wants to get married the next day. Everyone is kind of freaked out, especially Snake and Spike. They think that Emma is pregnant, which honestly she should have been <laughs> for, to make this make sense. But oh my God. yeah, Emma says, I want you guys to walk me down the aisle. So they say fine. 
And then the next day, they have the, the surprise beach wedding where everyone shows up and Jane tries to crash, but it doesn't work. Spinner gets closure. Emma and Spinner officially get married. I guess they were already legally married, but now they've had the whole wedding shebang. And Manny sings a really pretty song to close out Degrassi Takes Manhattan. <laughs> Yay. All right. If we thought incest was crazy, <laughs> why not throw in a drunk marriage? Yep. Just to spice things up. It's what Degrassi is known for. It really is. So I think this probably was like the worst day of Spinner's life besides his dad probably dying and also him getting cancer is probably (laughs) the fact that he got dumped by his cheating girlfriend and also a manager at a place that burned down like in one day in within like an hour really if we want to think about it like that I think he does an awesome job just showing how depressed and how depressing this whole situation was like I really loved it also didn't know he had a turtle right where did that come from so random I was like okay but I like it adds up him and Emma make sense they're both in a place where they don't even know what's going on like with their lives so why not get married right yeah like I I think the popular opinion that I've seen on like Degrassi Twitter and Reddit and such is that Spinner and Emma at this point in their lives do make sense for them to get together, but there was no need for them to get married. So I, I, I pretty much agree with that sentiment. So let's talk a bit about, I guess, why it makes sense, at least on paper. <laughs> okay. Because again, Spinner has said multiple times at this point that like he is fine having like a regular life. He doesn't really care that like he's just working at a coffee shop and that is perfectly fine for him. And that again is why him and Jane would not work out because Spinner is fine just where he is. And then Emma, Emma just dropped out of school. Did I mention that in the recap that she was going to drop out? I think I forgot to say that, but. (laughs) It's fine. We all, we got it. We know. Yeah. So Emma, she's, she's just dropping out of school. She doesn't really know what's going on in her future. So it makes sense that she kind of needs like the normalcy of home at this point in her life that she isn't yeah. sure about what's happening. And Spinner kind of represents that because he is the one guy who has never left his hometown, <laughs> you know? Yep, absolutely. So like, I do think it's kind of true. I know both of us went away for college, but I think it's pretty true that if you stay home after high school, rather than leaving your hometown, you do kind of connect with all the other people who have also stayed. Sure. Yeah, because who else are you going to hang out with? Right. So like the common complaint with Spinner and Emma is that they never talked, which is absolutely true. Yep. But I do think that given kind of how that works with people who stay home after high school is that those are the only people around. So they would have ended up connecting anyway, I think. Yeah, especially because Jay and him are still friends and Jay is dating Manny. So like naturally Emma is going to be around, especially if she's going to be home. Right. So yeah, I definitely think they would have connected. I think the show did try their best for it to like make sense in the way of like, oh, 
when they did the bike episode spinner and emma like spoke and then like emma needs a job and like spinner's like oh yeah like you can work here since we like you know talked last time but him saving the weird science project of hers a little bit of a stretch literally like they were grasping for straws to find all the times that Spinner and Emma interacted before this. That was the single single time. <laughs> yep, that was like the only time. Yeah, and honestly, that really annoyed me too because they mixed together several things. What was it? They said that it was Emma's grade nine science fair project, but it was her grade eight science fair project, number one. Uh-huh. And then he also says that he boycotted the calf because of it, but no, he boycotted the calf in season one because of the bugs in the food. Yeah, it just like, like all did not add up in that. I was like, get your continuity right, Degrassi. <laughs> it annoyed me. <laughs> but yes, on paper, I do think Spinner and Emma can make sense if they spent a little more time building up to it, but they did not. They, they really just had that one scene in the bike episode, and that was the build-up to them getting together. Yeah, I also think it's so funny because in the bike episode, like, Spinner is the one that has Kelly eat meat, and it's just like, yeah, I'm a so dramatic, like, why would you even want to be a vegetarian, whatever. And then, is this the episode, or was it the bike episode where Emma's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna eat meat? Yeah, that was the bike episode. Yeah, so then it's kind of like, oh, well, that's done. Because honestly, like, do you really think Spinner and Emma, like, have anything in common? Like, I really think Emma will piss Spinner off to no end. I think Spinner will, like, make Emma just upset. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's hard for me to picture them working long term. But also, I do think that they could balance each other out pretty well. Because Emma, Emma really doesn't have a chill a lot of the time, but Spinner mm-hmm. is pretty chill. So I think that Spinner could be a good balance for Emma, like always needing to be in control of things. And then Emma could kind of help motivate Spinner to like get off his ass sometimes. <laughs> okay, so that that's like a positive twist on it. Yeah. So but do you want to explain why they did this because it seems like you have some ideas yes so (laughs) well the reason they put Spinner and Emma together in the first place right is because they are both the longest characters on the show like they're the only ones that are still doing things who have been on since season one like yes Manny is still around but she has not done anything this season her character ended in Degrassi Goes Hollywood for all intents and purposes. Whereas Spinner and Emma, Spinner, he hasn't really done too much lately, but he's still consistently around because he's like in the suits, he's dating Jane. Emma has not been around as much, but they did give the bike episode. So like, she's still a presence in the show. Well, so. wait, I technically Manny did have that episode where she was encouraging Jane to cheat on Spinner. But that wasn't focusing on Manny. No, but I guess, I mean, she was a little bit in there. Yeah, but, like, they finished Manny out already with Degrassi. Okay, I see what you mean, yeah. Whereas before this, the last episode Emma had was, I think, the weed episode. (laughs) You know, that's not not a good ending to Emma's character, you know? Not at all. So 
they did this because one, Emma is the main character of Degrassi in this era, right? Yep. So they needed to give her a big send off. I think that was justified. And then Spinner is the only other character who has been around as long and is still relevant. Okay, that adds up. So it was just kind of a consequence of both of these characters getting a send off for all of the years that they put into the show. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the fact that season nine was kind of a soft finale for Degrassi. Like, I don't know if you know this, but Degrassi was actually canceled in season nine. I did not know that. I That's why I wanted to talk about this because I read your note and it said that. And I was like, what? Yeah, Degrassi was actually canceled after season nine. And the whole reason why, starting with season 10, it's a whole different format with like 40 episode seasons. And like, remember in the in the summers, they had like four episodes a week, right? So they changed the whole format of the show because Degrassi was canceled in season nine. So they needed to do something different in order to keep it alive. Wow. That's so crazy. And so when they were filming season nine, I imagine they knew that it was canceled or, or like they were trying to get it renewed and it might've been a cancellation if nothing else. Yeah. And so Degrassi Takes Manhattan is kind of a finale in some ways for the show. And it is a finale for this era of Degrassi, for sure. Yeah. The wedding is kind of a bombastic way to have a finale. Like it, Degrassi Takes Manhattan is so chaotic because they're trying to make it as dramatic as possible because it is a series finale. Which like makes sense now that you say it because yeah, like why would they have incest why would they have a marriage why would they have like the dot blow up why would they have like all these things right like the dot blowing up shows that too because the dot is the most recognizable place in Degrassi besides the actual school yep you know like there's there's some other places like Emma's basement bedroom Um, (laughs) what else what other iconic oh the ravine yeah So there's various other places, but I feel like the dot is like the Degrassi place. Yeah. So they they blew it up as kind of like a super dramatic thing to happen in the finale. It's like, oh, this iconic place that you've been watching for nine years has blown up, you know? Like that is how important of an episode this is because it's the finale. That's so crazy. I can't believe that they, they got canceled for like a hot minute. I mean, given the quality of the last few seasons, (laughs) can you believe it? And then they rebooted with Shark in the Water. No, that wasn't that. That Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, it was Shark in the Water. Yeah. That's amazing. What a a way to go. Yeah, it was a whole revival. So smart. Wow. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, like, again, Spinner and Emma being the longest running characters, we've known them the longest. And so even though their characters as Spinner and Emma didn't interact we have been following them together as viewers yeah for the last nine seasons so it's kind of symbolically representative of Degrassi since season one and them getting married is just kind of a way to close that era kind of in the same way that like Spike and Snake got married as kind of a way to like bring 
Degrassi Junior High around. Or like you could even say Simon and Alexa. Oh yeah, yeah. In OG Degrassi. So yeah, it's not so much like for how I view Spinner and Emma getting married, it's not so much about the characters themselves, but kind of a love letter to this era of Degrassi from seasons one through nine. Okay, I can get behind that. That makes sense. Yeah. The fact that they only had Spinner and Emma in order to do that kind of sucks because, again, like everybody wanted to see Sean and Emma get together, you know? Ugh, yeah. That would have been so good. So they were kind of backed against a wall in that sense that I don't know why they couldn't get Sean back, but. Right? Like that would have been so good. Or Paige. What if they got Paige to get married to Spinner instead? Mm, They were good as a high school couple. I don't think they would be good spouses. Well, I don't think we're going by who would be good because they married Emma and Spinner. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) Uh, Okay, what, where do you want to go next? So we've talked about why it makes sense on paper and why they did it what about why it doesn't make sense (laughs) well no communication obviously like they haven't talked they have not talked then they spend like a week together and now they're like in love and want to stay married and have a wedding like that's the thing the whole like fine you want to stay married because you like each other and like you want to wait that one out okay but to have a wedding like what why that's where it's like a little much for me yep because even like again they only had like a couple scenes of flirting itself before they're married right it's like I think Emma follows Spinner into the burnt down dot or something and like makes a quippy joke and then like they play basketball together yeah, the basketball is definitely the, the first minute where they're like, oh, wait, we actually like each other. Yeah, and then they're flirting while playing poker or whatever it was. So, like, there's only, like, two or three scenes of them actually kind of flirting before they're literally married. hmm And then once they're married, they're just fighting the whole time until they're, like, actually, like, they're, they're going back and forth for, like, half the movie until they're suddenly like, oh, yes. I love you. Let's actually get married. Yeah. When they said, I love you, I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I have been talking to you as a friend for like two days. <laughs> yeah. I think that's also, what's confusing is like, what is the timeline of this? Because I feel like at the wedding is the end of the summer, right? Um, I think it's probably halfway through the summer because Holly J and Declan go back to New York okay so I feel like it's probably only been about a month or so for the whole movie yeah that's nuts that's so nuts but you know what whatever maybe that's how I should live my life and I should marry someone after knowing them for a month and who knows (laughs) (laughs) right is that such a good idea would you support me (laughs) maybe I'd pull a Jane and try to crash your wedding Oh, that'd be so good. (laughs) But yeah, let's talk about all the problems that they were having once they were married because they do a lot of back and forth and it's just like, what is happening here? 
Well, the biggest one is the fact that obviously Spinner has had no time to get over Jane. Like, I was so annoyed that she was mad that the box was still in his apartment because when did she expect him to get rid of it? Was it before they kidnapped him and drove him to Vegas or was it after they got married? Like, when did she expect him to go back to this apartment and toss this box? Right. (laughs) So that was kind of annoying for me. Yeah, like what you said in the recap, don't really get what that scene about them panicking was. Like, thank God they realized, oh, wait a second, this is definitely moving too fast. But nothing came from it. Yeah. So that was kind of odd. I was expecting Spinner to be, like, more upset, but he, like, wasn't, which was interesting. Well, he does, like, take a sledgehammer to the counter in the dot. I guess, like, in the moment, I was expecting him to be more upset. But maybe he was just more shocked than anything. Yeah, I mean, they were both confused. I was confused. I was like, I don't know what this conversation is. Because Emma, what was it? It was Manny told Emma to make sure. And then Emma was like... She didn't ask that question. She was like, this is fast, which objectively it is. So yeah, it's a statement. It's a yeah. fact. <laughs> I was like, I I don't know what that conversation was. I feel like it was just a way to add five minutes to the runtime because they needed it. But maybe they just wanted that super dramatic scene where Spinner runs into Emma's house. I guess so. That was kind of cute though. It was, but I don't know. Just the whole back and forth that they had, I was like, like you said, Spinner has not gotten over Jane. He hasn't addressed those feelings yet. Yeah. And now he's trying to have a relationship with someone else. Mm -hmm. And she is rightfully concerned that he hasn't unpacked those feelings. Then he's just like, oh, I threw away a box. I'm okay now. It's like, what? Yeah. And that's where it's like, I don't know how long I can like pretend that this makes sense, but okay. I don't know. What else? Because I guess, like, at least on Emma's side, there was no doubt that she was over Kelly. So at least that's good. (laughs) Yeah, like, this whole situation was more from Spinner's perspective, for the most part. Like, it was kind of Emma just kind of reacting to the things happening in Spinner's life. So Emma kind of took a back seat here, which I think is kind of disappointing. As I said, like, because she is the main girl for so long. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree. What do you think about the wedding itself? <laughs> Was kind of like confused as to why they wanted it to be like a surprise because then everybody's outfits were awful. They were dressed for the beach. Some guy was wearing just like, you know, like one of those like Hanes white tank tops and I was just like, could not stop looking at him. I was like, you're telling me you can find a better costume for this man? But there's also, like, I was watching it with um, Eric, and he pointed out that there was a scene where, like, Liberty was dancing with a guy who, like, definitely looked like it should have been Toby. Yeah. Have you have you never noticed fake Toby before? No, because when I watched Degrassi Takes Manhattan, I was not, like, analyzing it as much. But also, it's so hard to catch. I did not catch fake Toby, like, at all. Like, he had to, like, pause it and, like, make me rewatch it. <laughs> It was so quick. Like, come on. It was pretty fast. He shows up like one or two times. Yes, but it's not, but he doesn't look like Toby enough for me to be like, oh, it's him. It's very uncanny. Yes. And I was, if it was Toby, I would have recognized him, but like, it's so obviously not him. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's not not Toby. <laughs> yes, but I did love Manny's song. Yes, very pretty. It was very cute. And Jane showing up, obviously we talked about this already, but Manny punching, well, I wish Manny punched her in the face because Jane punched Manny, right? Yeah. So annoying. Like Manny easily should have been the one to punch Jane. Right? Manny has had so many fights over the years. But also, I don't blame her for this one. I feel like I easily would have done the same thing for my friend. Right? <laughs> so good. Though I kind of wish Manny kind of talked more sense into Emma <laughs> at some point. I think she probably knows at this point that whatever she'll say to Emma, like, Emma won't listen anyway. <laughs> True. No matter what. Emma just does what she wants. What did you think of the wedding? I thought it was cute. Okay, here's the other thing about them kind of forcing the wedding. Like, it didn't give the opportunity for all of their friends to be there. Yeah. Like, how could Spinner get married and not have Jimmy be there, you know? Oh, well, at that point, we know why he's not there. Well, yeah, but on a character basis. Yeah. You know, it was interesting, though, because they didn't have any pictures of him and Jimmy in his little shrine. Terrible. Do you think it's because, like, Drake, as, like, a celebrity, they, like, didn't want to have to ask him or something? They should be allowed to use the pictures that they took over the years. That's what I'd like to think. Plus, apparently, Drake, like, shared Degrassi stuff on his Instagram story, like, the other day. Yeah, he always does that. I know, like, I'm sure he would have been totally fine with it, but it was just kind of like, there must have been a reason why they weren't allowed to have a picture of Jimmy and Spinner, because obviously they would have had one. Because they even had Darcy, like, the outline of Darcy you saw. So, I don't know. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, like, even, like, Paige and Marco and, like, the whole crew, like, I just can't picture all of Spinner and Emma's friends just not being at either of their weddings, you know? Well, were Paige and Marco really their friends? Yeah. Like, not Emma's friends. Well, yeah, Spinner. But, like, would Spinner really invite Paige or his ex-girlfriend? He was still close with Paige. Yeah, because they were sleeping together until the end. I don't think he would have invited Paige. I gotta be honest. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I just don't think... Because they were the last thing that plot that they had together was them dating again and then breaking up again yes that was season six right yeah so I don't think that Paige would have been invited Marco maybe yeah but Jimmy for sure Jimmy Jimmy would be the best man Jimmy definitely and that had to have been because of Drake stuff but at least Jay was there but also I was thinking about Spinner and Jay's friendship I think They are definitely an example of we're both in the same hometown, so we're kind of stuck together. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I think Spinner would have ditched Jay a long time ago. Yeah, because remember, they kind of stopped their friendship with the whole Darcy thing. Yeah. And then they never really kind of addressed that. Because remember, when Spinner had cancer, like, he runs into Jay at the pool hall, and Jay had no idea that Spinner had cancer. So they weren't really friends for a long time. And now Mm -hmm. suddenly, like, Jimmy isn't around, so you need somebody for Spinner to bounce off of. 
Sure, yeah. So I do like Spinner and Jay's friendship, kind of, but it's just not a replacement for Spinner and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you want to, like, wrap this all up? Yeah, this is our final goodbye to Spinner and Emma. And, like, all these characters, too. Pretty much. Which is so funny to think about. But, yeah, we did it. We did all nine seasons. Yes. When, when did we start season one? Do you remember? I think October 2020. Holy crap. That's so long. Yeah. Go us. <laughs> yes. So how do you feel about Emma's overall character arc? I mean, like, I don't know. I didn't love how it ended for her. It doesn't really make much sense that she's ending on a, like, I dropped out of school and didn't tell anybody and, like, all of it. Like, it just didn't really, like, I'm getting married to a guy I haven't spoken to in forever. I feel like it just wasn't her in the end. So I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah, she does say that she's re-enrolling at like University of Toronto or something in the Mm -hmm. fall. So she dropped out of Smithdale, but I don't think she's leaving college, which I like. But as we talk about all the time with Emma, she always needs to be in control of her situation. And the fact that at this point in her life, she dropped out of school. She lost her, like, boyfriend of, I don't know how long they dated, but <laughs> she lost Kelly. So, like, she kind of needs that control, especially after she's fucked over Spinner's whole life by blowing yep. up with that. <laughs> so, like, to me, she's just kind of, like, spiraling. And for one thing, that's why in the bike episode, she was trying to control Kelly so much. But now it's like she's still spiraling and that's why she's kind of trying to control her relationship with Spinner, I feel. So what do you think of her character? Similarly, I do not like how it ends. But like college Emma feels kind of like a different character in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like the whole weed episode was weird. Like, I thought she ended off really strongly when she graduated, but her whole college era just did not work for me in the context of her character. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely agree. And I think, personally, I, I do like Spinner a lot better. Like, I think that they did a good job with him, to be honest. Yeah, they did a much better job with Spinner post-graduation than him. And it's like, I don't know why, or like maybe because he like had to stay around and hang out with Jade and stuff, but I think that they did a good job with him. So at least like that evens out in my opinion. Yeah. Because like Spinner is much more chill. Like he has definitely grown up a lot over the years. I feel like when people talk about character development on Degrassi, Spinner is like the poster example of character development because he had character development throughout all of his years on the show Mm -hmm. and it all made sense like nothing really like didn't make sense for his character he started off as like this quirky kind of chubby kid and then he became popular and became a massive bully got his best friend shot so he had that whole redemption arc to kind of redeem himself there and then after that he just kind of grew up and that kind of 
led into the whole cancer thing, which led him to kind of view his life differently. So like I kind of view his cancer as why he is so content where he is at his life. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, well, you never know when life's gonna gonna get you. So might as well just enjoy working at the dot and playing in studs with these high schoolers. Yeah, he definitely did grow up. I agree with that. He's definitely matured. Like I said, like this whole storyline is much more from his perspective because it's about how his life blew up and how Mm -hmm. Emma is kind of helping him put the pieces back together. So he's definitely the focus here. And I do think he closes off pretty well, regardless of how you feel about Spinner and Emma. Yeah, I I agree. I think he does too. Anything else? Well, that's Degrassi Takes Manhattan. (gasps) We did it! And now we're going to make a huge jump to season 13. Yes, if you haven't listened to our seasons 10 through 12 episodes, give those a listen so that you can pretend that we did this chronologically. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we'll like re-retweet on Twitter some of our older episodes so that people can like kind of prepare (laughs) for us to skip forward in time. Yeah, because we're hopping hopping into Claire having cancer. That's a big jump. Maybe, do you think, would you want to do an episode that's kind of just a small recap of 10, 11, and 12? Maybe, that would be fun. I would be down to do that. I think that would be a good idea. Let's do that next before we get into 13 because I'm going to need some time because now we're getting into like the extreme amount of (laughs) like 40 episodes, right? Yeah, season 13 is a doozy too, regardless of the episodes. Yeah, so let's, yeah, let's do a little recap before we get into that. Yes, but to close things off, how did you feel about season nine as a whole? Oh, I don't know where I put my ranking lists, but it was definitely better than season eight. Really? Oh, wait. No, season eight had... Wait, was season eight with Darcy? That was season seven. Oh, my gosh. I don't even... Well, Darcy left in season eight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, I th- I think it was good. I didn't hate it. Like, it wasn't something where I was like, wow, this season was so boring. Like, I, I genuinely think that I liked watching it. Yeah, like, I felt like the season had some highs. Like, with Riley, I think all the Niners had really good yes. great plots. But yeah. it also had some really low lows, like Peter's meth, Spinner and Emma yeah. getting married. <laughs> I will say I am surprised that this would have been the season that would have canceled Degrassi right like that's the thing like this is not a good finale season to close off the show Mm -hmm. so I'm glad that this was not the end (laughs) at least because like if you think about it season seven was also somewhat of a finale because Emma graduated and I think that would have worked better as like a series finale than Degrassi Takes Manhattan was (laughs) yeah because like seasons eight and nine when emma has graduated right again we we talked about this how they had to very quickly introduce a lot of new characters all at once 
And so these seasons are very much transition seasons in that sense. I think they do a pretty good job of like establishing the new characters like Holly J, Sav, Anya, all the Niners, but they do yeah. kind of fumble the old characters, I think, in these seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. I just don't think they know what to do with the characters that are like that old. Yeah, because they wanted to keep them around, you know, to keep the longtime fans happy that like the characters that they grew up with are still around, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't really justify them actually being around. And I think that was the problem as to why none of their storylines really were good. (laughs) Yes, I agree with that. And honestly, that's kind of a similar problem to Eli in seasons 13 and 14. Which we will get to. We will get to. Yeah, because like for me, Degrassi goes Hollywood, even though it is in season eight and it involves most of the older characters. I do think that movie works because it kind of acts as a standalone. It's not related to anything else that's happening at the time. Like, Manny being an actress really had nothing to do with the rest of season eight and like Paige and Ellie and such they weren't even around in season eight to do anything so I feel like Degrassi goes Hollywood works because you could take it out of the show and nothing changes at Degrassi yes but Degrassi takes Manhattan that involves Jane cheating that involves Spinner and Emma very important characters getting married it involves Jane graduating you know like you can't take Degrassi takes Manhattan out and have it make sense and I think that's part of why it doesn't work because they're both Degrassi goes Hollywood and Degrassi takes Manhattan are very campy they're very unrealistic Mm -hmm. but Degrassi goes Hollywood handles it better because it could function outside of the context of Degrassi itself whereas Degrassi takes Manhattan cannot no, I I agree. I feel like we've said that also with Degrassi Goes Hollywood. Anything else? Final thoughts? Well, this is the end of an era. I know. It's crazy. I don't even want to think about it. That we like did, we've done so much. I know. We're, we're not close to the end, but we're approaching being close to the end. But then we'll have so much new Degrassi to talk about. Hopefully it's the beginning of 2023 and not the end. Well, they said it's going to come out in like March of 2023, right? I don't think they gave a month. Oh, I thought, it okay. Well, they're casting for the filming. So I think they'll probably film over the summer. And then if that's done then, then they'll be able to have it probably in the beginning of 2023. I hope so. I'm going to tell them that they have to. Yes, please. So yeah, we are saying goodbye to the next generation. And we will probably do a recap episode for seasons 10 to 12. (laughs) And we will see you soon for that, as well as for season 13 in the near future. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon.